This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, middle of the week, waiver Wednesday, lots of other stuff going on. Always lots of stuff going on. It is Wednesday, October 5th, and we are one day away from another week of football. I love it. I'm ready for it, and I hope everyone listening is also just if we. I feel like we're in the. I feel like we're we're now we're just in the groove, you know, going into week five. We're week five, you know, every week is something uh, new and exciting, and uh, it's just we're in the heart of football. It's October. It's you know just what we do best and what we all love. You're right. We've pretty much hit the uh, quarterway point of the fantasy season. So we're in the swing of things. You have an idea of what your team is at this point, I think. You know, we're not looking at like one, two week um, reference points. Uh, we, we know how people are being used. We hope for some people to bounce back, but, you know, it might, might be a lost year for some players. But, before well, let's do let's do the biggest news, I guess, right at the top, and it's not a surprise, but Jonathan Taylor was officially ruled out for tomorrow night's game. So Oh really? Yep. That just came out a few minutes ago. Dang. So Jonathan Taylor managers tough there. Um hopefully you have a backup plan. We'll talk about our league where Jonathan Taylor is and uh that manager's backup plans. Uh if you're listening, oh eight. But other than that, nothing else major. Uh, Cole Beasley retired, but that's oh, he did. Yep, <laughs> he said uh, I had the what one, two weeks maybe on the Bucks practice squad and said, "Nah, I'm, I'm okay." Jeez, old Cole Beasley, huh? And uh, just looking through, Nikhil Harry's gonna come back from the okay. IR, so. Another guy for Justin Fields to not throw to. Yeah. That's the news. Let's first do a nonsense minute before we get into some other league stuff. Sneak, I'm feeling pretty uh pretty naturey today. So yeah. you have a lot of nature experience as a as a park ranger. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite plant? Oh, plant. And you'll know more about this than I do. So, I if you if your favorite plant, if you know like the the Latin name, the genus or species name, then I want that too. But I'm going to defer to your answer first. Well, plant wise, I got to go with the bitterroot. Uh, okay, that is you know an all time Montana native plant that is uh, beloved across the state. I think we've talked about trees before. Sure, had to. Uh, so, just a, my favorite tree is the western larch. What that larch do? Larix occidentalis, <laughs> the only deciduous conifer in the western hemisphere. No way. So it only produces one? cones and loses its needles. 
There you have it. <laughs> tree wise, hey. gi- give me a give me an avocado tree. Okay. They they get big and nice shade and avocados hilarious. And then plants, if we're like breaking that apart, uh, Nevada State flower, sagebrush. Sagebrush. I like your avocado plant because man, just love avocados. If I could just have like a magic avocado plant that just produces me a perfect ripe avo every day, right? Yep. I mean, that's the dream. Ultimate desire of life gotta get that protein up we're counting grams of protein out here yeah i love your whole your protein series going on right now where you're trying to figure out how much protein you can get out of all the fun food and drinks that don't have any yeah alexa how much protein is in seven starbursts what i have found on the internet is Seven Starbursts contain 700 grams of protein. Yes. So, I mean, it sounds to me that you're doing everything correctly and you're you're healthy as a horse with all of this uh, diet protein stuff that you're on. So stick with it. Thank you. Sneak is my registered dietitian, in case everyone didn't know. Yeah. Hello. Sneak, I hit the news earlier, but I forgot one bit of news that was pretty important. Breaking as of yesterday, in southern Nevada, close to home, uh, according to the Nevada Fire Department, a man fell 25 feet into a tank full of concrete at a rural construction site. Oh, my gosh. But good news, they were able to use a crane to lift this victim out of that tank. Oh, my gosh. So rescue crews, they're the real heroes. And I think Bijan Robinson is going to be my rescue crew next year to get me out of the tank. Oh. Do you really think you're going to get Bijan? Yeah, I believe it deep within my heart and soul. Are you going to use nefarious acts to get him? No. <laughs> of course not. All right. Tank. It's Tank Rank Wednesday. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that Tank Williams is a current fantasy football analyst at Yahoo? Oh, what? And he's a real estate agent in the San Francisco area. <laughs> that is your Tank Fact of the Day. Bro, so if you tank- need fantasy football advice outside of the Scum and Sneak show, which is blasphemy and sacrilegious you can call upon tank williams at yahoo tank williams if you're listening come on the pod we'll talk fantasy and we got mortgage connections on this show too so let's Let's talk about the real estate market and fantasy football (laughs) let's get it oh man can you imagine like the the bips on deals in san francisco i mean you close about two houses a year you're you're probably set holy smokes well snake as you said it's tanker tanker rank wednesday so let's get into the power ranks for the league and as always we will start from bottom to top number 12 no change scummy number 11 big sneak number 10 
JT. Number nine, Smith Ben 08. And number eight is Gooch. All those guys, same spot as last week. Number seven, a little bit of a fall after a loss, is Jimbo. Number six, also falling after losing, is Hesse. Ties with uh, a little bit of a riser. Doug coming after the win. The other riser of the week is Dason, all the way up to number four. And then in a little bit of a shakeup, maybe a little bit of controversy at the top of the league this week, we've got another tie in the 3-2-3 three, three spot with Brendan and Wade. And holding on for dear life to that number one rank is Ernie Fritz. I love it. Holding on for dear life is extremely accurate. Uh, Ernie is, again, he's our champion from last year. He's got a great team, insane depth, hasn't lost yet. But he's been showing the holes. So he stays on top, but he's, like I said, hanging on by a thread. He's got his fingertips in the crevice, one hand on the cliff. But he's still there. And uh, that's all that really matters. You know, right the ship, put up a big number, beat someone in that top six here. I don't know. We'll look at matchups, you know, next week. But uh, I like that you mentioned that our what is it 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 8 through 12 have been this, are the same as last week. Yep. Very important to note. Uh, no movement there. So no risers, but no fallers either. So there's, you know, always a light at the end of the uh, tunnel there when you're thinking about week to week. Uh, Scum, I would be remiss if we didn't kind of just focus on you and I a little bit this week. Uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, but there's, you know, this league's been going on since, what, 2012 now, 10 years or something like that? Close to that, yeah, something like that. Uh, you know, obviously the pod's only been going on a couple of years, but this is the Scum and Snake show. You and I at the bottom, 11-12, 12-11, you could probably flip a flop us each one of there. But I just want to spend some time on, on our teams and kind of where we're at. We're, we're both in the same trajectory. We both are in the same mindset of what we're trying to do here we're looking for a bit of a rebuild we're looking for young assets or uh we're looking for you know that future you obviously were at the top of the league for a very long time many championship wins championship appearances had a great team decided to sell decided to start anew how are you feeling four or five weeks into that are you finding yourself that you're missing kind of I mean, because this is what I do. I I really don't even look at sleeper too much anymore for myself. You know, every now and then throughout the you know the weeks, I see what other people are doing if there's a close matchup. But for myself, my team is just kind of like set and forget what may happen happen because I'm not expecting to win. Are you finding that to be you're enjoying it more? Are you focused elsewhere? Are you now watching the games for? possible trades or free agents or kind of talk me through what you're going through being at the bottom for the first time in five years. So do I miss winning and being good? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I mean, it's fun. I think that's why I've always been excited and been really invested into this dynasty league, because it is one where you are going to go through, this cycle right you're gonna be good ideally uh, you know win a couple championships and then whether it's aging out 
you know, holding on to those guys and just riding it out to the end or committing to a rebuild, um, you're going to have that period of time where your focus is different, right? I feel like I'm still, I'm not paying attention as much to matchups and lineup decisions. So along the same lines of what you're saying, like I'll plug in some guys and whatever happens, happens and I expect to lose. But my approach is probably still the same as far as like, churning and burning through free agents like i've i've always done that whether good or bad i'm trying to like catch lightning in a bottle when i can you know pick up a running back that could pop pick up a receiver that started to get more attention like just trying that stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, so still doing that and then the the fun part for me for the rebuild is after every week i'll look at it i'll try to send out some offers with what I have left, there's not much. I've been, I've sold off pretty much everything, but, um, you know, there's still some moves I'd like to make and I'm hoping to finagle. So that's a new challenge, you know, rather than, okay, who, who has, or who lost this week is looking like they're going to be out of the playoffs and who can I sell a pick to, to get, you know, to improve my chances at winning. And uh, now the focus is, all right, I have a couple guys that I, purposely thought like could gain value or have or like have value to other players so i'm gonna try to ship them again this week and see what i can get um and i mix it up with picks or uh comparable type young players or prospects that they might be willing to flip so just the just the challenge of that looking at those things Still fun, I think. Yeah, still fun. Very important to kind of get into the mind of someone like that. I think it's important to, you know, I I kind of take a different approach, especially this year after my big draft haul. I've been like, okay, I've got I've got the foundation, the studs, the framing up in the house. Next year, I'm going to get all the fun upgrades and interior designs with my running backs. And then I'm going to be good. So I haven't been really watching the waiver wire free agency. Haven't really been thought about. I mean, I've been approached with some trades here and there, but maybe that'll change. But I think just overall what I'm getting at is there's there's always something to be gained and always something to be focused on, whether you're at the bottom, you're falling, you're rising in rankings, whatever it may be. And a perfect example is, is kind of your team where you were great for so long. You've still got a nice many nice pieces. You don't have a ton of draft capital future, but you're still, you know, every week you're not necessarily focused on your, your team. Now you're focused on team in the future. And I think sometimes in fan in dynasty wise, people will forget that there's, it's a dynasty. It's a future. It's a team you're going to have forever. It's not necessarily always about right now. So if like, you've got an 08 who's been falling and will probably now be at the bottom for a very long time. What does he need to do to this team? Does he need to look at selling? Does he need to look at making like, don't just rest. Don't just say, oh, it's a lost year. We'll figure it out next year. Keep going. You know, Jimbo's a good example. He's always churning out and trying to find something. He's rising. He's kind of shuffling around there in the middle. And Earn, Ernie, a, a, another shining example of this, forever was at the bottom, biding his time, building draft capital picks, finding the players, making the deals, making trades. One last year is now at the top of our rankings, you know, going into this year and for the foreseeable future, we'll be there. Kind of same thing, Brendan. So I guess what I'm saying is just stay stay invested, stay involved. Uh, don't, you know, think that what is happening now is just, you just accept it, I guess. Just kind of, you know, always be open to, to change. 
But getting back to the ranks, uh, I don't like that Dayson is there up at the top because I've got his pick. We need him to kind of get some losses going. Uh, Doug, very impressive, uh, almost beating Ernie, winning this last week. Uh, again, we've said this about Doug's team. Everyone fires on all cylinders. This team is very competitive. It's happening. As we were, as we said, we're getting into the groove going into week five. We're getting towards that first quarter of the season got, gone. We know what players are doing. We know what they aren't doing. We know what teams are looking like. So love that with Doug. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my assessment of the rankings going into week five. Yeah, and that's, that's the picture we've been talking about. You got our top three and maybe even four. Um, I was looking at it today. So we've got our three undefeateds, Jason at three and one. He's actually had more points against than the top three. So he's had a tougher schedule, still comparable record-wise. So someone that we thought would be lower in the ranks earlier in this season, uh, I think him having production from Antonio that we didn't predict uh, and production from James Robinson that we didn't predict, that's been a, a big boon for him because we knew his receivers were good. We knew he had a good quarterback. So we'll see how long that sustains and if you know this run kind of continues for him and i i don't really see things changing for james robinson i know he had a bad game this past week but he's their main running back you know they have kind of a they have roles assigned for robinson and for etn right but robinson's been good so uh, again that's not going to change gibson probably will fall off when brian robinson comes back but again we'll see um Antonio Gibson never does what we think he's going to do, so hard to hard to really commit to an idea there. And then, yeah, the the next group of guys, your Doug, Jesse, Jim, and we'll throw Gooch in there because he's two and two, even though his two wins are against us. They're still in the hunt for those last two playoff spots, and it, it's going to be a close one for sure as we head into like the second quarter of the season. Uh, yep, yep, very, very close. We're going to be watching it with bated breath. And we mentioned it last week. Wade uh, has solidified himself. He, you know, when you know we we kind of wrote him off for a little bit there, uh, but he's 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 back. A lot of the top teams are solid and very, very good. The bottom teams, they know why they're there, and the middle will again every year. There's always that run for the middle, and uh, we will. Uh, like you said, be watching it every single week. And I know everyone else in the league and anyone else following our league, listeners, watchers, and waiters out there, uh, we'll see what shakes out. We will see. Let's take a quick break and hear a word from a big fan of the Scum and Sneak Show. And we'll be back with Waiver Wednesday and Hopes and Dopes. I remember hearing phrases like ADPs, yards per carry, touchdown to interception ratios, and fantasy points per game. These were all gibberish and made no sense to me. But then I listened to the Scum and Schneek show. Their knowledge and skills are unmatched. Thanks, Scum. Thanks, Schneek. I now have what it takes to win my fantasy football league, the best fantasy football podcast on this side of the Mississippi. And we're back. Sneak, I meant to do this at the top, but, you know, we are flexible. We are improvers, and we're going to do Waiver Wednesday right now. Oh, yeah. What's out there? Uh, surprise, surprise. Only me and Gooch made waiver bids on people. I think he pointed out to me recently where 
Uh, he, you know, we're all in a bunch of different leagues together, but in every league that Chase and I are both in, we're always at the top with waiver moves. I mentioned this earlier with like a burn and churn tactic, but just always picking up people, trying to see what happens, and uh, no different here this week. Chase picked up Cade Otten, dropped his boy Albert O for zero dollars. Um, that's fine. Teddy Bridgewater was also picked up just as a, a Chase is looking for quarterback help. So he dropped Ben Skolrenek, who will have his job taken by Van Jefferson here whenever he comes back from uh, being hurt. So mm-hmm. good move there. And then he picked up Avery Williams and dropped Jordan Mason, which I'm sure hurt him, dropping a Niners running back. Had to sting a little bit. And... You know, Avery Williams is, we're going to talk about this full backfield here in a second, but he didn't get very much work last week, but with Cordero Patterson hurt, I think wide open for all of the remaining backs in the Falcons backfield. So why not take that shot again, especially when we've seen Jordan Mason not be used. So why not see if Avery Williams is like a passing back, whatever the case is. And, you know, we've seen people take, hold of jobs surprisingly like Elijah Mitchell last year or um, thinking of Falcons back like Devontae Freeman way back when when it was like Tevin Coleman was supposed to be the guy so things happen in running back backfields and you want to try to be ahead of that if you can which I tried to do by picking up Caleb Huntley the other other back in the Falcons uh, running back room and I outbid Gooch by $26, the $26 that he just traded me. So that was fun. That was fun. And then the big pickup of the week, Chase kind of had to do this. He spent all of his fab, all $67 on Mike Boone. He just lost Javante Williams, so he's still trying to capture the entire Broncos backfield. And he spent $67 beating my $50 bid. And I think that Gives him the scum and sneak waiver pickup of the week. Yes, indeed. Exactly what I was just saying. Gooch had a devastating injury with Javante Williams. Could easily have packed it in and say, well, so be it. I'll just find someone that's on my team. He went out put in the research, put out the money and saying, I'm sticking with this team and I'm going to do whatever I can because he knows he it, it benefits him better to keep trying to win now than it is to just pack his bags up. So shining example of staying involved, scouring waiver wire, super fun to look at the waiver between you guys battling it back and forth to see what the bids were. Uh, so that's a, that's always a little fun wrinkle that we got going on. I know if anyone else is out there listening dynasty wise, you're probably got pretty decent sized rosters. Your waiver options probably are pretty slim. That's what happened in our league. Let us know what happened in yours. And now the, the main course of today's episode, hopes and dope sneak. We're coming off of a, a good week for you. You went two and oh, I went one and one. So on the season, I'm sitting at still 500, four and four. And you're looking good at five and three. Do a quick recap on what our picks were last week. You picked DK Metcalf as a hope and had a great game in that shootout between the Lions and Seahawks. 
He probably could have even had more points, except he had to go take a massive dump, apparently, and had to get carted off for that. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. 21 fantasy points, 149 yards, no scoring, but that is a big hope. And then your dope was James Robinson, who, I mean, you called it. You touted that Eagles defense. They held him, him and Travis Etienne in check. And, yeah, just... His first bad game of the year happens with every player. There's going to be duds, and you per- predicted it perfectly. Not only is the Philly defense good, but it was a rainy day, so there yeah. should have been a lot more runs. He only got eight attempts, 21 points or higher the first three weeks, and four points in week four. So dope is dope. My hope last week was Ramondre Stevenson, and his game wasn't great, great, but he, he led the Patriots' backfield in yards. He was still pretty equal in touches with Damian Harris. Didn't get the score, but he still beat his projected points. Still was very usable, so I'm giving myself the win there. More of a push, but hey, it's our show, so I can say that. I mean, 15 points. This is He had 22 the week before, and then the two weeks before that, 6-8. and eight. So definitely a hope. 14 carries, 66 yards, averaging only 5 yards a carry. And don't forget, he had 4 catches. So if he can maintain that, that is a uh, that is a hope win and possibly a hope future. And then my dope was big wrong. It was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I was uh, all up on the Bucks defense, and he scored twice. Looked pretty good, and yeah, just uh, miss on that one. <laughs> that would be a miss. Uh, Twenty about twenty-seven fantasy points, his highest output of the year. Nineteen carries, ninety-two yards, touchdown, a catch. And another uh, a touchdown there. So he was a hope, uh, and he did perform pretty well. Uh, and just like, again, we mentioned this, I think, already. This is, what is this, his third year now? So this is now him, you know, he's kind of the old wide receiver rule, third year's the charm. Maybe we're seeing the usage and, the you know, the, the high draft capital in the NFL and then the high draft capital, assuming in – Redrafts and dynasty is where he was gone, so uh, that was a hope call. Man, is this the, is this is the year three breakout back? It might be back. It was dormant there for a while. It was kind of switching to the two year or maybe even the one year, but maybe the three year rule is back. We're reverting back to the old days. Oh man. Well, back on the horse for hopes and dopes this year, and for me, my hope is another back on the horse kind of throwback call for a guy that I have historically loved this week's hope is on Jesse's team and it is Robert Woods Bobby Trees oh my gosh an absolute you love him so much always have and he caught touchdowns in the past two weeks one one in each game he's looking pretty good recovering from his ACL injury and with the injury to Traylon Burks Burks I think He's going to be kind of the clear. Um, he was already like the top target for Ryan Tannehill, but even more so now he becomes a very important part of the offense. And I think he's got a good matchup with the commanders this week. They just got passed all over by the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. So I expect Tannehill to focus in on Robert Woods a little bit, uh, continue giving him a lot of targets. And yeah, hope for Jesse. Put Robert Woods in. Instead of Curtis Samuel in the same matchup and uh, get back on the winning track, Hesse. 
Yes, Hess. Uh, if scum and shakes are, are anything, we are lineup influencers. Uh, Robert Woods, week 311, week 412, and then this is a juicy matchup, Washington. Uh, I love the call. Uh, I support it, and I'm excited to see what your dear friend Bobby Trees can do uh, with the full extent of the law behind him in this game. <laughs> Now check out this dope call. It's a, it's another scum classic because it's on Jim's team. It's the old converted linebacker. My dope is, of course, Tyler Algier. I mean, this one was set up previously. Obviously, we were you were going to go there. This is this is the week where we really find out, you know, if I'm right about him being stupid or if he actually is pretty good. He did okay last week. He got ten carries, eighty four yards. You know, that's a nice stat line, but a lot of it was on a big run for like 40 yards. Also, side note, sprung by a Kyle Pitts block. How weird is that? I mean, hello. Can we get some points for that? Yeesh. But, uh, you know, he's, I think he's technically slated to be on top of the depth chart. As of now, as of this recording, we will see. I, I think it will be pretty evenly split between between him and Caleb Huntley again. And we'll, you know, again, like I said, this is the... This is where we really see what Tyler Algier has. This is the opportunity that people were excited for uh, with him being the maybe backup to Cordell Patterson. So, yeah, I could be proven wrong this week, but I don't think I will. So doubling down on all my preseason hate and making him a dope. Love that call. Couldn't agree more. Wish I could choose it for myself. Bucks horrible matchup after they just got destroyed last week on the ground. They're going to tighten that up. Algier will be stuffed and muffed all over the place. Uh, Corderell hurt doesn't even matter. Uh, unless Atlanta offense is strange uh, and confusing. If they give him a ton of work, uh, he might get points because we have that points per carry in this league. But I love the call. Now, <clears throat> my team or my hopes and dopes. Uh, my dope call, now we are kind of, no, we're not, but here we are. It's going into the uh, 08 and Jimbo matchup, but my dope is, you know what, I'm, I'm on a one-for-one one streak here. I'm going for it. It is Cooper Cup. Ooh. <laughs> uh, number one, number two receiver, whatever he is right now. He's the number one receiver. Uh, has had no, he's had... His only down game was 15 in week three, but this is I'm calling that Dallas will do everything in their power to shut him down and make someone else beat them. They are going to uh, double, triple, quadruple coverage, whatever it may be. Cooper Cup is a dope. I called last week James Robinson, who was like top five running back to be a dope. Obviously, this is the number one receiver so far. 08, you are getting a massive disappointment out of Cooper Cup this week. He does not get double digits. Wow. And staying in this matchup, now we're both jumping on the Jimbo team because we've got we've just got faith in the guy. You know, you've got a dope on his call, but I'm hitting him with a hope. And my hope this week is a dear friend of mine. And that is hold on. Michael Gallup. Oh boy. Galley. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of Galley. Uh, coming off the injury, uh, after playing last week and getting almost 10 points, I expect him to almost double that this week. 
the Rams, they show that they aren't the defense that they have been of the past. They've been being thrown on. Cooper Rush has been throwing the ball well. Even if Jalen Ramsey locks down CeeDee Lamb, I do expect Michael Gallup to take up a lot of that work. Uh, I, I love the guy. I want him to get better and get good for that offense. So I'm putting out a hope call on Galley uh, to get close to 20 points. I like the Gallup call. Caught a touchdown last week. Uh, Cooper Rush doesn't lose. So you expect him to be successful somewhat through the air. And yeah, you've always been a big Gallup fan. I mean, what else is there to say? He's going to be a hope. He's going to beat that projection. I think it was only like eight when I looked at it earlier because it yeah, was kind of one that I was looking at. Projection of eight. So good call there. That dope call, man, that's huge. Uh, there's been a lot of Cooper Cup talk in the since, what, Monday night's game because he's on pace to beat his crazy record-setting year last year. So all the aggression guys like me, that we're saying he was going to be down or wrong, but um, if this can be the start of it, then yeah, you're going to look like a genius. It's going to be the best call of the year so far. You can't wait to see it happen. Does this mean that Allen Robinson finally gets some more work or is it just like complete dud by the Rams? Stafford sucks. Everyone sucks. I, I want to say that it's just going to be a complete dud all around. Allen Robinson's, probably like asleep forever. <laughs> I just, He's not I, was, I talked him up big time in the off season thinking, holy smokes, this is such a great signing. This is going to be so good, but he doesn't get any targets. I don't know if he's whatever. He's just, he's just dumb. Yep. Definitely on the all bust team, which maybe is something we'll <sighs> do in an episode here coming up, you know, maybe next week, but we went long today, Sneak. You and I just can't help but talk fantasy, talk to our league mates. Wrap us up, though. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we sometimes we just get going and we just can't get the train a stop. And so love you guys. Appreciate you. Uh, just tune in another episode this week. Bye. Oh, yeah. Well, then, you know, I went like, okay, hold on. Let me talk about me. (laughs)